New York wraps up a busy month of July with Columbus coming into town this Saturday night at Red Bull Arena, fresh off a win in Orlando and a very tightly contested Eastern Conference table in Major League Soccer. Red Bull head coach Chris Armas and I break that all down. Plus, we've got fan questions coming up. It's our monthly podcast, The Coaches Show, right here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Okay, here we go. You're listening to The Coaches Show with Chris Ormus on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. It certainly has been a busy month of July for the New York Red Bulls as they play the final of six games during the course of this month. And uh, we are joined, as we always are, on our Coaches Podcast by Red Bull head coach Chris Armis. Uh, coach, it, it's been certainly, I think, an interesting month when you look at it overall. In totality, you've got the game against Columbus, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but I think maybe one of the most interesting things that people would want to hear about, how was the flight delay coming back from Orlando City? Yeah, it was just a long – one of those uh... – situations where we just got stuck at the airport all day and they kept giving updates um but like every hour you know the flight is now 12 12 o'clock flight is now 12 40. it's now 1 30 and that that just set up for a really long day by the end of it all it was like you know 8 p.m and uh yeah we decided to stay stay the night when you think of it, um, for 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 players, right? I mean, obviously, with coaches, you want to get back, you want to get right to work, break down film, get things ready for the next week. But from a player perspective, that's a day off for those guys that they that they kind of have to sit around. Um, what, what do you? What can you do to maybe try and get the get the players' minds wrapped up around the fact that okay, listen, this is just the reality of the situation. We have to deal with it, and then when we get home, we'll try and have as normal as a week as we possibly can. Yeah, we, you know, when you're at the airport, guys are scattered around. You know that when you know there's delays, everyone's, you know, tuned into their phones, meaning any updates as a, as a team. Um, so we have, you know, clear communication throughout the day, but we don't we don't make too much of it. Um, in, you know, to state the obvious, we don't want to, we're not sure that you create drama with the whole situation because we can't change it. So the best thing about it is that, you know, none of the players are complaining. None of the staff gets, you know, too caught up with it. So it, it just ends up being matter of fact what it is. So the guys deal with it in such a mature way. And then we try to make up for it on the back end, meaning when we're back in town, can we, find another day off for them or uh you know we do keep that in mind that that ends up being a a, a, a day off predetermined on the calendar um so we do try to build in a day along the way you know it's got to be in a way um I, i'm going to use the word fun for lack of a better word when you see in in kind of um i say mini crisis situation i mean listen there are worse things than being stuck at the airport but for guys that want to get home players that want to get home coaches that want to get home um do, do you kind of see 
in that stretch because I I mean I will readily admit I had taken an early flight so I was already home and I did in a way enjoy seeing almost a play by play uh, that Tim Parker was doing on Twitter. Do you kind of see what guys kind of um, have can have a little fun with it and almost um, you know play around with the with the airline? See who can get free snacks, who can get a, an extra voucher, who might be able to get a, a flight credit for something um, later on that they can use. Yeah, you know the the guys. The best part is that they you get to see that they do stick together. They they as much as you know some guys might get something to eat or on their own. The the guys they they stick around each other. They they're playing uh, different games that they've brought. There's uh, you know a couple of games that they've you know, they're playing or even the coaches have hopped in. Um, so that's that's always fun to see. I'm I'm sure some guys uh, might be sneaking, uh, trying to get a few vouchers or something. But um, yeah, most of the time they're just together, laughing, hanging out um, in those situations. But you you know, in that quote unquote crisis situation, even when we went to Atlanta, it was incredible how the guys uh, behaved. I'm gonna throw you a, a question on the spot. I'm gonna put you on the spot with this one. If you were in that situation again, who is the one person within the team, player, coach, administrator, doesn't matter, anyone who's in the travel party, who's the one person that Chris Armis would want to be stuck in the airport with again for a good solid 10, 11-hour delay? I mean, staff or players? Anybody. Anybody who's in the normal travel party. If you had to pick one person, who who's going to help you kill the time and get you from point A to point B which is sitting in the airline, sitting in the airport before you get on the plane and can finally take off in a long delay. And I, I can't just lump it all into the staff. One like I we, mean, we I, get we get a lot of work done. Listen, coach, you can do whatever you want. This is your this is your show. So if you want to, I'll uh, say take the easy way out and say the entire staff. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you slide with that one. I'll, I'll go. Um, we'll go staff. I mean, no. Listen, I, I would say if I have to pick one, I'd say. Uh, Ah, that's that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. I'd probably take you and Sharp, our, our video analyst. All right, all right. We'll take. He could. He could. He would be the one guy that could help me be most efficient um, to crank on some work. You you know now he can walk around a little bit taller when he hears this podcast later on. Uh, yes, today. he will. Um, I hope he listens to it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about the most recent game, that being the game down in Orlando City. Um, a, a good one for you guys in a lot of ways. The three points on the road, um, the third of the three in the week after New York City, and then the loss in Toronto. In a way, kind of a bounce-back win after what was a little bit of a, a disappointing result, the way that the game finished up in Toronto, but able to get the three points in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, third game in a week it was on the back end we're playing against a team that's that's tough to beat and they rested their entire team basically when they went to portland midweek so they they were fresh and we had to play back some guys that had again three games in in the week so to go to to go to orlando and to get a shutout and to get a victory um, to get the first goal, the only goal, and then to really stick together down the stretch of that game when things got really difficult, 
that felt great. And it was, it was a really big three points because now anytime you can get three, uh, you, you, you're either making up ground or separating yourself even more from the pack. Also puts you double digits into wins for the season. Red Bull's overall record, 10-8-4, heading into this week's showdown with Columbus, which, again, we'll talk about a little bit later on in this first segment. We've got fan questions as well. And, as always, you are listening to us on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. I'm Matt Harmon. Uh, That is Red Bull head coach Chris Armis. This is our monthly coaches podcast as New York wraps up a very busy month of July. Uh, Coach, you know, the the three in the week, it is something that can, can present different challenges, and you just referenced it. You see Orlando City go to Portland, um, able to grab a point, but with a brand new 11. I think everyone who follows Major League Soccer and sees these three in a week sees roster rotation when those games take place. Um, but it is a little bit unique to see 11 guys start and then a new 11 guys start um, in, in the next game. What, what are maybe the different challenges from a coaching perspective that having those three games in a week do offer is it is it as simple of we just have to figure out who can kind of go from one game to the next who can get enough rest what's the overall long-term plan um there's probably a lot of a lot that goes into planning out when you do have three games in one week yeah you you want to try to maximize your points so if you had three games how can we get nine points that's one way to do it and then you know, is full roster rotation the way to go? Um, you know, does it depend on the opponent? Is it an away game or a home game? Um, so you're always thinking how to maximize the points, and then you got to think, you know, where to, where where to. Probably the most important thing in those stretches is to not overdo it with guys. That you get you push too hard, and all of a sudden you end up with an injury or two, and now that we've seen can derail seasons you move, you lose two big pieces because you've just you know maybe you, you on short rest you do too much with some guys that have had some issues then you'll you know you you oftentimes can lose the player and then you lose points too so overthinking it sometimes not thinking not enough about it trying to again look at you know Orlando they get the point on the road um, then they lose at home. So, you know, for them, it, it's how did that work? You know, of course, imagine that they get the win at home and the point in the road, perfect. But for us um, in that week, um, a difficult one, how, knowing we're going to Toronto and Orlando on the back end and the first game of the three, call it New York City, that's a tough week. So we end up getting six points and. And we played, we had 20 shots when we went to Toronto. We just, we thought we gave that one away. So we came out of the week with six points. We came out of the week, um, no injuries from, you know, like soft tissue injuries. You know, Christian Castros got hit uh, on his knees, but he should be fine. Um, so we thought we managed it the right way. And then it's always good to get guys minutes. So it becomes an opportunity uh you know, if we had five fresh legs out there against uh, Orlando, we felt pretty good about that, especially up the field. You know, Brian White came back in fresh. Um, Danny Roy, the same. Uh, Kaku recovers well. And then Derek Gettin was fresh. It's always important, especially when we're pressing, to have fresh legs. So, And then when you, it keeps the energy right, and then you get you get to see guys play. 
Coach, when you look so far at what the month of July has been, um, and, and you just referenced it a little bit in that last answer, you feel like maybe you, you gave points up in that game in Toronto. Um, how how difficult is it when things are, are busy, like they always are, but especially busy in July when, you, when you've had a couple of times where you've had the three uh, in a week, and you think about it, you could have maybe gotten – three points in Atlanta. You could have maybe gotten three points in Toronto. Can you almost in a way drive yourself crazy thinking about that? Or, or can, can you take it for what it is, use it as a learning experience and then try and move on and get better in the next game? No, we, we don't think too much about, about the, uh, you know, games you could have and should have, you know, could, because there's oftentimes if you play well, we believe that, Hall, you're going to win a lot of those games. And times that you don't play well, yeah, in this league, it catches up to you quickly and, and you might not win. In that, there's games that you, you know, it, it, it's such small margins that you can, those often can result in ties, you know. But, you know, the Chicago game at home, we, didn't, we don't think we played great. We don't think we played great, yet we won. Um, the Atlanta game, we thought, we should have won that. Like that was our game, and of course, it goes from being up and winning to wow, we're gonna, we might lose this to we tie. And then you know the Toronto game and these games, you know, it's not in my mind. It's, it's I don't believe in luck, so it takes more than just playing well. You know, we go to Toronto. In all reality, we were the better team. We were. We outshot them by double, twenty to nine or twenty to ten. Uh, we, 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 they had no answer for our pressing. They got out of feet. They changed with the way they played. They played twenty something percent long balls on the day, which is double what they normally do. So we took them out of their comfort zone, and then, you know, they scored the early one, which we could have defended better for sure. And Josie hits a back heel that almost trickles in seemingly to the goal. And then as we're pushing the game, we, we give up a penalty, which it, again, it's, it's like an unforced error. Like we, we gave that away. And then at two to one, we, we claw back in. And as we make some changes and bring Danny Royer on and start pushing right away, we give up the third goal. It's great to play well. And that was the biggest, most positive takeaway, but you still have to execute. You have to understand what wins your games, and on that day, what loses your games. You've got uh, Columbus coming in, and it's a Columbus crew team, which uh, has certainly had their struggles so far this year. They'll enter the match 6-14-3 overall. This is a team that you started the regular season with all the way back in March, we're able to grab that road point. Um, but as you look at this Columbus team right now, Coach, uh, they've they've kind of struggled a little bit for, I'll say, an identity. Does that make it a a, um, a team that, from a player standpoint, you almost have to worry, are my guys looking past this game a little bit, where it becomes like that trap game? You know, you come off a good road win, you got some travel issues, um and then all of a sudden you've got a Columbus team that comes in and all you have to do in a way is look at the record and say, ah, we're home. We should be okay. We'll figure a way to get through this. Yeah. We, we, we won't leave anything to chance or what the past has said or their record. We know that 
Columbus historically is a good team. They have a culture of winning. They have a coach that has had a success and he's, you know, losing Iguain mid season or early on that hurts them big time, takes a big piece out of their puzzle. Um, but we have too much respect for Columbus in general, the coach, guys like Zardes, who will trap. These guys are winners. They are experienced guys. So, and I don't have to convince our guys of that. When they when they know the Columbus crew's on the, on the calendar, we know that that's a team that we've met in the playoffs, big games, and that we can't let it slip. And uh, we also know that you – know, for us, we can play against the first place team, Philadelphia, go up 2-0, or, and then the Atlantis of the world and put games uh, games on our terms. And we can play against teams with worse direct when they can give us fits. So for us, we just have to show up on the day and, and be up for it and be tuned into every detail for every minute for 90 minutes. So... We have our own work to do, and I think that's another opportunity to do it. Don't forget, we've got fan questions coming up in our second segment with Red Bull head coach Chris Armis. Uh, those we take right from you off of our uh, Twitter page on at New York Red Bulls. Um, coach, you look at, at, at how the East is shaping up right now, um, and yes, technically nobody is out of it, but it's almost becoming maybe nine teams for those seven spots. As you look at the Eastern Conference table as it sits going into this weekend's activity. Um, by the time you guys hit the field against Columbus on Saturday night, um, New York City will have already played. Atlanta will have already played. Um, how, how much fun is it maybe to watch these teams play before you do and then realize – okay, Atlanta maybe got a win, New York City got a win, or they got a point, or maybe they didn't get any, and then realize based on what you can do, you could go anywhere from, and, and it's already happened this year, you go from fifth to second, you go from third to fifth, it, it goes both ways in the table. Um, it, it's made watching the East more so than the West even this year really interesting on a game-by-game basis. Yeah, we, we, look at, we look at the results, we're watching games, and then the, the cycle, logical part of it knowing okay we get these three points that puts us right back in third or four points or seven points out of first you know with a game at hand or you know so we're, we're constantly thinking about that and i think we we try to use it as a psychological edge to gain ground and then other times to keep pace you don't want to dip too far so i i do think that's that's important we Sometimes we'll reference it before games like, listen, guys, you know, it's big opportunity to, to make up ground and with everybody tying or losing or so. Yeah, it's it's a, a fun time of the year, um, but it's important that we know exactly where we stand and you know, being above the red line for sure is important. But we, we're much hunger, hunger than that we're looking towards the top you know you've got 12 games remaining in the regular season and you know not not to look too too far ahead but um some some tough games especially on the road you still haven't played dc united you still have to go to los angeles you have that interesting trip in september at seattle at portland which in a way if you frame it as we've got 12 games left a game like saturday against columbus at home 
Um, and then maybe even the one after that, the return game from Toronto, and you play them in, in a really short time, you know, having just played them in July, and then they come back um, less than three weeks later. Those games at home become all that more important when you look as a whole what's left in the next 12. No doubt about it. We, we know that, we, you know, we, we can get results on the road. We can win. We can draw. We, you know, we can get results on the road, um, and we're confident in that because we've done it. Um, but, you know, we know that every game is important now this time of year, especially with the opponents we have coming up on, on the road. But the home games are even more important, right? We have to take care of business at home. We have to take care of business at home uh, because that's what the playoffs could look like. You know, if you if you have a, a higher seed, you have to just be able to at home really put it on your terms, the full three points every time, and that and that that uh that's a demand and that's the expectation. Last one before we wrap up this uh, first segment, and then we'll uh, take a break and come back with with a bunch of fan questions. Um, Steve Jolly and I, we talk about this from time to time. At this point of the year, when you look and teams have played a different number of games, what do you guys, and I say you guys meaning the coaches and maybe the players, but probably more of the staff than anything, than anything else, are you looking more at the number of points that each team has, or do you go to the points per game because it's based off of how many games the team has actually played? Yeah, we don't, you know, with us and the, and the players, we don't, we're not constantly looking at the table and, and we don't have open discussion about that. As a staff, um, we'll talk about it a little bit, but I think more so by myself, if I'm looking at the table, I'm looking at our position on the, in the table and I'm looking at, you know, the games at hand. So if we're four points behind Philly, I think when we played them, you know, we win this game, we're right there. One point off, you know, the points per game. Yeah. Different times. If it, it, does that make you feel better that the team ahead of us has less points per game or yeah, I, I don't get too caught up with it. I really don't. I think, I'm so much more concerned. Are we playing well? Am I getting the tactics right? Do we, which is the next starting lineup? Um, roster during a transfer window, training sessions. So that's I, I don't spend too much time with the with the table, other than just where's our position, who's the next opponent. You leave that stuff to people like Steve and I, and that is probably a better uh, situation for you, or or. You'd spend too much time doing what we do, which is just look for things to talk about. Uh, Coach, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we will uh, answer some fan questions. We'll dig into those. Um, and again, that next Red Bull game will be Saturday night, home for Columbus. Tickets are available. Go to NewYorkRedBulls.com. Ticketmaster, the official ticketing provider of New York, or call 1-877-727-6223. We're back with more of our monthly podcast, The Coach's Show, with Chris Armis, right after this on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Download the New York Red Bulls app today to stay up to date on everything New York Red Bulls. Buy, share, and scan your tickets. Get all the latest news and content and listen to New York Red Bulls radio in English and Spanish. Then flip to arena mode to find concessions near your location and get real-time answers from the Red Bulls chatbot. Available now on iOS and Android or visit NewYorkRedBulls.com for more information.
We are back here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. I'm Matt Harmon. He, of course, is Red Bull head coach Chris Armis. Just broke down what has been a very busy month of July for New York and wraps up on Saturday with the Columbus crew coming into town. We're going to spend some time taking some questions from you, the fans, uh, via our Twitter page and uh, let Coach kind of interact with some of these um, interesting questions during the course of um, of this July show. Coach, I'll throw this one out to you, and it, and it kind of does go along with um, what we were just talking about before the break in terms of the points, the points per game, and you kind of throw in uh, the idea of as you move into this, let's say, back third of the season, the playoffs becoming really important, and obviously there have been changes to the playoff alignment and the playoff uh, positioning in the upcoming 2019 MLS playoffs. This one is from uh, at Kev Daddy. What are your thoughts on the new playoff seating alignment? Is it better or worse than years past? I think it's better. I think in in the last so many years, um, to play an entire season to get to a playoff situation where let's just say you end up meeting. You know, the number one seed versus the four seed or five seed somehow in the playoffs where then it becomes a two-game situation. And the first game, you can argue which one you would even pick if you could choose, but it just becomes so on level terms. Again, an entire season, where's the home field advantage? Like you don't see it in baseball, hockey, basketball, football. You there's a clear advantage, meaning in NFL, it's at the higher seed. And in every other sport, there's one more game at home. And in our sport, it's always been one and one. And then an aggregate situation that I don't, I didn't see enough of an advantage. So now you get what you earn. So if you've, if you've outperformed the opposition and you meet in the playoffs, the team that did better gets the home game. For me, it's, it's logical, and I think it yeah it makes a lot of sense. All right, next question coming from uh, at the false libero. How impressed have you been with Christian Caceres so far this year? The question does go on a little bit, uh, but 19 years old, first real full year in Major League Soccer. Um, what? And I asked you about this going into our broadcast because it's really been his his biggest stretch of a lot of games in a row. Did pick up the knock a little bit against Orlando. You said he should be fine moving forward. But what what have you really seen from from a player that um, I, I would say came in with a lot of expectations? Because just from a media standpoint, the idea was this is the guy that's going to replace Tyler Adams. Probably very unfair to do that. Um, and it, and it's taken him a little bit of time, but he, he seems to have certainly hit his stride at this point of the year. Yeah, look, at, you know, my thinking was, you know, how can we bring Christian along the right way? Um, you know, tactically, physically, the whole bit to understand exactly what these games are going to look like. Um, so he, he got exposed to USL games and, and did very well there. But what he showed all along was a fearlessness, courage, and athleticism that was very interesting, um, different, you'd say. Um, and, and I honestly thought when he gets his chance, we have to be prepared to run with him because he's not going to lose it. Like he's not going to give that away. That's what the thinking was. So sure enough, you see him 
even like in Atlanta this year, a few games ago, he gets out there and it's just 70,000 people, not affected, scared of nothing, shows up on the day, makes plays with him without the ball. And now it's, yeah, he got banged on his knee. So he just had to miss a few days of training right now. But to answer the question, like, what are we, what are our thoughts of Christian? I mean, we think he's, he's been very good. We think he's been very good. And again, a big presence for a young guy, even that that's noteworthy, but um, that almost says more about him that he's 19 and just can be such a, an impact in the middle of the field. So um, yeah, I think that's that. And then the, the uh, yeah, you'd have to say that we, we, we don't talk about the replacing of Tyler, but he certainly has certain things that you can, you know, you can compare with Tyler. Next question coming from Alfred Quezada, MD, which non MLS coaches have been most influential in your career? What other, what other coaches, uh, Chris, do you, do you follow? Do you kind of pick up on guys that have, have had either nothing to do or limited, uh, with, with major league soccer outside of the league? Yeah, look, it's a good question. Uh, Jurgen Klopp is someone that I, I, you know, if you talk about him and Guardiola, those guys are really interesting because, you know, Pep, Pep Guardiola's ideas and philosophy is, is very different, you know, with the ball than us because he's, and he's got certain players that you can do have a certain playing style, but, uh, so it's it's the it's the tactics of of Pep, uh, the man management and uh, of both Pep and Jurgen Klopp, the high energy of Klopp and and you know the 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 spirit and belief he can instill in a team, and of course then you watch Klopp's tactics and a little more like us, uh, vertical and narrow and aggressive and counter pressing. So that's a little bit different structure, um, the way they align their midfielders, and you know, they have they have wingers and, and guys like uh, Salah, and Mane, these guys. So it's different. Um, and then, yeah, I, I do like the sometimes some of the managers that have been in Italy and some of the tactical, really defensive and moving, like Conte and. Uh, Maurizio Sarri, you know, some of these guys that, who's, you know, these guys really are tactical and team defense and shifting and moving and stepping. And so, so I take from different managers, I, I often will download some of the games and always looking to learn and just to see what's working for, for them and, and you know, take from one, take from the other as I continually mold who I want to be and what I want our team to look like. This uh, kind of plays into that. This one from TGW at Thierry Got Wings. What tactical tweaks do you think have contributed to the success uh, recently the team has had compared to the beginning of the season? Uh, it's a good question. You know, we it's always helpful when you have your full team back together. You know, so early on we're missing Kamar Lawrence. That still hurts, you know, when we don't have him. And um, and then lately, when you get guys back from the Gold Cup, um, Aaron Long, and uh, you get, obviously, 
full strength. Tim Parker back from injury. Um, Murillo is gone for the Gold Cup. So we had our entire back line out, essentially, with injury and Gold Cup for a stretch of time. That just puts stress on, on your team. And, and we we survived it and thrived it as well. Um, the difference, I think, from the beginning of the season to now is that we've adjusted to what other teams are doing to us better. So early on, what we've seen in 2019 is teams are playing very direct against us. They're not really allowing us to press them and do what we really want to do. So they're bypassing our press, which creates a lot of long balls, turns our back line around, puts pressure on our back line, puts pressure on Luis, creates games of second balls and, and randomness in the middle of the field. And that's not easy to, one, deal with, but actually prepare for and, and control. There's, there's a randomness that early on in the season, we said, guys, these games are going to make us better for later on in the season so that we can, we're better equipped to deal with teams that want to build out so we can press them. And we were better equipped to deal with teams that just want to play direct by understanding the long ball game. So I think lately we, a combination of, of dealing with, with other teams tactics a little better, getting better at how we just typically in our defensive shape can defend and then having a, a more complete roster. Coach, you think about it, and you just mentioned it, having now a full roster and maybe tactically being able to do things uh, different if if you wanted to. Here's a question from at Red Bull Nation. Any thought to having two forwards on the field at the same time? Because you think of it now, and all of a sudden that spot has become pretty deep. You've got Bradley Wright Phillips working his way back uh, to full health. You've seen great contributions so far this year out of Brian White, who I think has been one of the best stories in all of Major League Soccer this season, and throw in Tom Barlow into the mix as well. When he has played, he has produced some pretty big goals for this team. Uh, and now all of a sudden you're looking at it, and, and you can do probably a lot of different things with maybe a combination of of two of those guys on the field at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, this is the first time that 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 feels like it could be a reality because you can throw Matthias Jorgensen into the mix there, and now you have you know those four guys that you can combine any two of them, and, and we can score goals. We can be dangerous. But the reason Matthias comes into the equation because he's he's a runner. He's a slasher. He's the fastest of probably all those guys, and they're all fast. He's probably the fastest if you had to quantify it. And each guy would think that's they're the fastest. You know, it's that close. But he he can run. And all of a sudden, if you get a guy like Brian, Brad, who are the underneath guys who can bring people in, um, and then get another runner, that could put real pressure on a, on an opposition's back line. Um, so that's one part of it. We have, we've started really training uh, with this in mind and, and more exercises, uh, working on the partnership, the relationship, how that changes the pressing, how that uh, affects our midfield with one less, let's say. How do we use Kaku then? Is it uh, a 4-4-2? Four, four, Is it a 4-2-2-2? Two, two, two? Is it a 3-5-2? There's different ways we can use that, and we've, we're preparing. We're preparing because we think down the stretch – uh, it's going to be important to have some different you know, looks for teams and maybe to get the best players on the field. 
when you think of it, uh, and and you talked about this, I'll say a little bit more than a week or so ago, and there have been this is kind of wrapping some fan questions together into one. Um, it, it is the transfer window that's open right now. You had openly talked about a potential uh, signing to kind of bolster this roster moving forward, and I'll kind of paraphrase everyone's question together and throw it to you this way. Is it difficult in in the transfer window time from a coaching staff trying to manage the guys you have but also keeping an eye on what maybe areas the team needs to improve on, guys that could come in and, and help right away since, you know, again, the, the way that this year more – more than any other, the way that the schedule in Major League Soccer is kind of condensed a little bit, you want to try and find pieces that can probably come in right away. Um, what what challenges does that present as a, as a coaching staff, from the players that you have now to maybe trying to figure out how can we get better um, with this with this last little stretch of the of the regular season? Yeah, it's the players. Our players show up every day and they come to work. And they, they're here, they enjoy training, they enjoy the, the facility and the resources and, and what we provide here. They, we have a great environment uh, for, for soccer, for, for relationships, people. Um, and, and that's never talked about with the players. You know, the staff to the players, the, nor the players to the staff asking questions uh, like uh, what's going on with the roster. So, you know, it's a business, right? Like, and players know that. And they know they have to perform, and they know that that's always a reality, like uh, adding players to a team, uh, trades, things like that. So, um, so that that's not talked about. The next part is that, is that we're always asking ourselves the question, and it's not so easy to find players that you know fit the Red Bull profile of running and pressing and and the whole bit. But you know, we look for young players. But to be very clear, you know, we we like our team, and if we're going to add a piece. It, in our minds, it's not. Uh, um, it could be a long term, um, with long term thinking involved. But it, it's got to be a help us now player. We don't need a, a, a project that we're thinking. All right, in time, we have uh, players like that already, which are we love those players. But we would be looking to add to make us better. And anytime you add a player, it has to be with the thinking that it makes you better. But to be very clear, again, it's we don't want to be thinking maybe it makes us better. It must make us better now, because we think we're we're good. We think we're close. We think that uh, some quality and potentially like leadership slash ultimate winner. Can we add a winner? So it's it's, uh, it's often about football, but can we add that piece to the team that can sway it? That can just in the biggest moments be a player and a person that can rise to the occasion and get the team over the hump. All right, coach, last one. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe I save the uh, best for last. This is from John at J soups. Uh, he is asking you specifically is a hot dog, a sandwich. How do you consider a hot dog? A hot dog is a hot dog, not a sandwich hot dog. In my mind, it's not a sandwich. I don't think a hamburger is a sandwich. You just right? think it's what a burger. What kind of sandwich do you want? What kind of, I've never heard. What kind of sandwich do you would you like? Oh, I'll take a hot dog. No, it's a hot dog is is a type of food at like you know, of course, like at a barbecue or or a hot dog truck. You don't go to a sandwich shop and get a hot dog, right? I mean, even delis and from New York, New Jersey, 
you go to sam- you go to the deli to get a sandwich, which is you know boar's head turkey provolone. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. So I think it's pretty clear. The hot dog, it's its own genre. You know, it's its own own thing. I want you to think about how we started the podcast talking about flight delays and how we finished it with really answering the important question of the day, is the hot dog a sandwich? We really do come full circle. We get we get the real important things at the beginning, and we get the real important things at the end. Coach, you have answered the questions fantastically uh, this oh, month. Thank I, you. I appreciate the time as always. Looking forward to seeing you guys on Saturday night. I think it's going to be a, a, a good a good one and another opportunity, obviously, to creep up the table with three points against Columbus. Uh, gracious with your time as always. Appreciate it. And I will, uh, I'll see you Saturday night at the arena. Yeah, thanks, Matt. And thanks to all the listeners. Um, uh, thanks everyone out there for supporting uh, the Red Bulls and the radio show. It's awesome that we have this support. Um, we really appreciate it. That is Red Bull head coach Chris Armas. I'm Matt Harmon. Again, you can follow us, like us, rate us, review us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, wherever you follow any of our Red Bull uh, podcasts. We've got this one. We've got our players only kicking it. Steve Jolly and I inside the booth. You can find them all there. Download them. Listen to them. Let us know what you want us to continue to do. Things that you want to hear later on. Uh, during the course of the season. We thank Coach Armas for his time. He is off for a full day of work. I'm Matt Harmon signing off again. Thanks so much for listening to us. We'll see you at the arena Saturday night with the Columbus crew in town.